And before I get started um, with the message portion, I really just want to pray. Um, yeah, I just want to just pray with me. God, I just thank you. God, I just thank you for your love. I thank you for your kindness. Just thank you for Jesus, God. And I ask that you just take me out of the way. God, I don't want to bring any of me up here. God, Christ, I want, I want Christ to flow through me, God. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you just empower me and you lead me. Take any selfishness out of me and help me just to become the love of God. Become the love of God. We just thank you for these people. Thank you for the destinies. Thank you for the purpose. Thank you for the plan. And thank you, God, for the image of God. And that's in every single person in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. So how do love and selfishness relate? We're going to go through 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Um, it's like my favorite passage. One of my fa- I say that about like every time I'm like speaking, I'm like, this is my favorite passage. It's because whenever you just study the word, it becomes your favorite because you just get to just breathe it in and just meditate on it and become that portion. So 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, it says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Then the next verse, the first part says, love never fails. Two weeks ago, we talked about love, and we're going to continue to talk about it today. And here's what I found. I found that we've experienced a love that is not any of those things. And we've heard the word love, and we've heard God loves you, but we don't believe it because we've never seen it. And we sing, God, your overwhelming love of God. And I'm, not, I'm just saying, sometimes I can get caught in just singing it and not realizing the implications of what that song is actually saying. Sometimes I can read this verse and say, yep, got it, already done. Yep, love, got it, got, yep, I know what love is. But the reality is, is if we actually knew what love is, it would show in our lives. And it's not even, it's not even really our fault. It's, it's, it's really more of, it's really more of the, the, the implications or really more of the, the product of what we've gone through and the way we've been taught by churches and we've been taught by life. We've been taught that love is something different than it actually is. So, and so part of the confusion is um, there's, two different, there's a bunch of different Greek words for the word love, but we use just one word. So there's like six different Greek words that we use the word love for. So, and we've talked about this before. I love candy. I love pizza. I love lamp. I, you know, all those different things. And so I want to go through the two, just to point out two of the kinds of love that I believe that are the one that we most encounter and the other that we don't encounter very often, but that's the kind that if we really meet, we'll be changed forever. The first kind is, it's called Eros, A-R-E-O-S. I don't know if that's how you really pronounce it, but that's how I want to pronounce it. Eros. I'm just going to read to you some of the descriptions of it. It's a love that is an emotional involvement based on body chemistry. The basic idea of this love is self-satisfaction. Though Eros is directed towards another, it actually has self in mind. For example, I love you because you make me happy. The foundation of this type of love is some characteristic in the other person which pleases you. If the characteristic would cease to exist, the reason for the love would be totally gone. The result being, I don't love you anymore. 
I don't even want to ask, and it breaks my heart. We have so many, the divorce rate in America is so high, and it breaks my heart because that's, that's the image of love that we grow up thinking about is marriage. And we see people who just fall out of love. And when they say, I don't love you anymore. I fell out of love with you. I just don't love you anymore. And, and, and it shows me that we've been living in this eros kind of love, that it's self-pleasing, self-gratifying. And when we actually talk about it, we're like, yeah, we don't have that kind of love. But if we really got real with ourselves, we'd say the only love that we really have is the love for ourselves. And the thing that Jesus talks about, he says, you need to deny yourself. You need to deny the selfishness inside of you. Pick up your cross and follow me. Because you know why he said that first? See, we say, yeah, you got to follow Jesus. You got to follow Jesus. Jesus says, pick up your cross, deny yourself, because you'll never follow Jesus if you're living for yourself. And I'm saying this because I'm a person who loves Jesus, but I get caught way too much living for myself. I get caught getting offended. I get caught being frustrated, disappointed, discouraged. On the brink that if I would continue, I might even become depressed. And I realize that the relationships and the things in my life, the things that I love are only just to please myself. And, and, then, I, and then I sit and I hear these songs and I read the word and I say, man, what am I doing? What am I doing? God's love is so much better. Jesus says, deny yourself. Self is not in the equation of love. Unless it starts with deny. Deny yourself. Eros. It's not Spanish, but I took some Spanish classes. Eros. That's for Tiffany. Eros looks for what it can receive. If it does give, it gives in order to receive. If it fails to get what it wants or expects, bitterness or resentment could develop. Oh my gosh, guys. If we're being honest, this is the only kind of love that we know. If we're being honest, this is it. Boyfriend, girlfriend relationships, dating relationships. I love you because you make me feel good about myself. I love you because you make me feel important. I love you because it's nice to have someone to hold my hand with when I'm walking in the mall or walking down the pier. <laughs> I love you because it makes me feel like I'm not lonely. You guys, we got something to learn. We got something to learn because love, it says, it says this kind of love always seeks its own. But let me tell you about another kind of love. <laughs> and when you hear about this kind of love, you'll never go back. I promise you. You'll never go back. So if you, if you like your life right now and you're comfy, you might want to leave because once we're done talking about this, you'll never be the same. You'll never be the same, I promise you, because God's love, when, it, when the truth of God's love is spoken forth, the heart resounds and it says, I want that. It says, man, it tells me something that I was made for it. And the only way that we get out of it is if we look at ourselves and say, I'm too comfortable, I'm not going to do it. Agape. Agape love. <laughs> is called out of one's heart by the preciousness of the object love. 
loved. It is a love of esteem, of evaluation. It has the idea of prizing. It is the noblest word for love in the Greek language. Agape is not kindled by the merit or worth of its object. Oh my gosh. Doesn't mean that no matter what we think we're worth, it doesn't matter. God has already placed a worth on us and he loves us. He's placed the worth and his worth is his love. But it originates in its own God-given nature. God is love. Agape delights in giving. Eros delights in receiving. (laughs) This love keeps on loving even when the loved one is unresponsive, unkind, unlovable, unworthy. It is unconditional love. And this is the kind of love that we sung about tonight. There ain't no mountain high, ain't no valley low. Ain't no river wide enough. Ba- oh, a different song. Okay. <laughs> I just love Remember the Titans. I had to throw that in there. Um, I'll sing it for you. I sang it at karaoke at Applebee's one time. Um, that's right. Jeez, um, I was rolling too. I totally just messed myself up. God help me. Uh, it's this kind of love that when, the, when it's object, when the person, so when, when God loves us, it's not dependent on our behavior. That means even when we're unresponsive, bitter, even when we're rebellious, even when we're away and astray and running away, even when we do things that we know we're not supposed to do, even when, even when we are specifically disobedient, God says, I love you. Let me tell you what that doesn't mean, though. It doesn't mean... Because James shared it so perfectly today. He said, well, see, we, we, we get bad, we feel shame, and we feel the condemnation when that happens, when we're doing stuff that we know we're not supposed to be doing, and we think God's trying to, like, convict it. We think God's trying to, like, like, get us back and make us feel bad, so we repent. We say, I'm sorry, I'm coming back, and I'm just feeling shame. See, what God's really trying to do, he's trying to say, listen, that's not who you are. Like, like you weren't made for the sin, Like, we weren't made for sin. That wasn't the original plan. You weren't made for selfishness. And when God draws us back in, when he's saying, I love you, it means that I love you no matter what you do, but you have to follow me. And when you choose to follow me, then my love will rush through and you'll realize that's the only thing to live for. I only got 5% battery in my iPad. Should have charged it. Jesus, make this. I hear Johnny May. Johnny May said, Jesus, charge that thing. (laughs) This is Nick. Oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah. Man, this love keeps on loving even when the loved one is unresponsive, unkind, unlovable, and unworthy. It is unconditional love. Agape desires only the good of the one loved. It is a consuming passion for the well-being of others. Consuming passion. Father God has a consuming passion for you to know him. God has a consuming passion for everything in your life. All of the, every single thing, all the disappointment, all the discouragement, all the depression, all the shame, all the condemnation, all of it. He says, bring it to me, bring it to me. 
because I have your best interest in mind. Hmm. But the love that we've most encountered is not agape. We rarely, very rarely encounter a love that is always self-giving. There's always, remember we talked about it last week, the string. Or two weeks ago, there's always that string attached. Like, I love you. Do you love me back? And the love that we most often encounter is really just a need. I need you. First John 4, 7. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves God has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. (laughs) I think James and I were reading the same Bible. (laughs) That's a joke. He's speaking so much truth earlier. It was awesome. So cool. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves, and this is agape. This is agape. And I I forgot to mention this. You know that eros love? Never mentioned in the Bible. It wasn't worthy to be put in the Bible. Let's not let it be worthy to be in our lives. Let us love one another, for God, love comes from God. Everyone who loves God, everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one, no, one who has, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Hmm. Hmm. That's good. That's really good. There's so much in there. Write that one down and just study that tonight. I promise you it'll be the best, it'll be a highlight of your night if you just take it home with you. So this agape love that we're talking about, it's not something that we're just supposed to talk about. It's not something that we're just supposed to preach about. It says that if we love one another, agape love, if we're self-giving, never thinking about ourselves, always projecting, saying, what do you need? What do you need? What what are your needs? I'm going to do whatever I can to love you with all my heart, seeking the best, never being judgmental, never never finding fault in you, speaking the truth in love, It says, when you love one another, it sh- it, all that does is show that you know God. So if you know God, if I know God, we'll love one another, no questions asked. I think I need to know God a little bit more, anyone else? Yeah. I think there's, I think, we think we know, I think we know about God. Right. I, think we, I think we can quote scripture about God. But this kind of love, this kind of this verse says that if we love if we love one another, we know God. But if we don't love one another, we don't know God. I can tell you times in my life that I don't love one another. And that just means that I don't know God completely. And he's inviting me in, saying, Listen, if you just know me, 
a little bit more, the fruit of your life will be agape love. You won't have to try. You won't have to work at it. Just relationship and knowing the love of God produces love everywhere it goes. That's why God's, Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. He was setting a precedent saying there's no way that you can love God with all your heart without loving your neighbor as a result. No question. There's, there's no debate. If you say you love God, but you don't like people, I'm sorry, but you do not know God. And I'm going to touch on this, and I'm, and I'm not being judgmental. I'm just making a statement of invitation into knowing God more. If you're someone who says, I can't stand people, God's inviting you to get to know him. Because I promise you, that's a lie that you've been believing your whole life, that you, can't, that you don't like people, that you can't get along with people. Because once you get in a room with God and you meet him, and God's love overwhelms you, it'll change the way that you see people. I promise because God loves people. And if he loves people and we know him, then how can we not love people? And I'm not just talking about people who love us. I'm talking about people who persecute us. There's a verse in the Bible that says, what good is it if you love only those who love you? What benefit is it? Even the tax collectors, that's like saying, even unbelievers love people who love them. ISIS loves ISIS members. They treat each other well. Gang members have a strong family connection. They love one another and they'll kill for each other. What good is it if you love only those who love you? This is what Jesus says. Jesus says, love those who persecute you. Pray for those who rightfully or wrongfully accuse you. Pray for those and bless those who curse you. I say never repay evil for evil, but repay evil for good. Good for evil. Sorry, I said that wrong. Don't repay evil for good. <laughs> Jake, you're a bad preacher, man. You tell people to repay evil for good. You get what I mean? He says repay good for evil. You guys get it. I'm moving on. Come on, let's go. This is good stuff, amen. Come on. This is so, I mean, I preach about this all the time. I, I include this stuff in, in a lot of my messages and a lot of my sermons, but I really felt we need to push into this. Push into this. And if you're someone who's sitting there saying, Jake, I heard this message before. Jake, this ain't nothing new to me. Then I got something to say. You don't need a new word. You need to become the word that you heard. I stole that from someone, so that's not mine. <laughs> But that's a good word. I'll say it again. I'll say it again because it really hit me. I was like, oh man, like sometimes I go to church. I'm like, heard that, done that. We don't need a new word. We need to become the word that we've heard. What would happen if a group of people this size would understand, meet God, know God, and we would go out and we would become love? And we wouldn't just know and talk and have conversations about love, but we would become agape, never self-seeking, never looking at ourselves, but only looking for the well-being and for the blessings of others. But the gospel's been sold short in America. We've made it about, let's get more blessings. Let's, let's, just, let's just have prosperity. And I'm all for that kind of stuff, but we sold the gospel short. It's never about getting blessings. It's never about getting the parking spot. It's never about getting first in line. It's about a transformed life turning into the image of God. 
love. And there's another gospel in America that said we need to suffer, we need to suffer, we're sinners, we're sinners, we're sinners. And I'm here to say it's not the sinners and it's not the prosperity. It's a transformed life. It's a life that says I'm going to deny myself and I'm going to follow Jesus. Deny my selfish desires and I'm going to follow Jesus. And I'll tell you what that includes. That includes, and the only way that we'll do it, the only, 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 only way is not by coming here. And I'm preaching myself out of a job. It's not coming here. It's getting in your bedroom. It's getting alone when nobody's looking. And we get there, we fall on our knees, and we say something like this. God, I am so selfish. God, I'm messed up. God... I just did that yesterday. God, I didn't want to do that, but I did it. God, what's, what's going on? And saying, God, and I, I know, I know, I know that I'm selfish, God, but I don't want to be. I don't want to be selfish. I don't want to live for myself. I've heard about the truth and I want it. We need to get in our room and start praying like that and not praying, God, do something in my life. He's already done something. Man, and if we would just connect and we would stop pursuing ourselves and our selfish desires, and we would pursue Jesus, we might actually start seeing some things happen. Because here's, hap- here's what happens. When our lives get transformed, and we meet God face to face, and it can happen at a church service, but it also can happen when you're all alone. And I would argue that it's better when it happens all alone. When we meet God face to face, and we, and we encounter him, and I know we use that word, but when we meet him, and we, the thing is, when it happens, you just know what happens. When we meet him, and we say, God, this is just so good. God, you're just so good. When we meet him face to face, our whole life will change because we'll stop living for ourselves, and we'll start living for the kingdom. And our lives will be transformed. But here's the reality. When we start living for the kingdom, the blessings come. <laughs> But here's the reality, but even when the suffering comes, we're the happiest people alive. That's what the church was supposed to be known for. That when we go through hell, that's when we shine brightest. That's what we're supposed to be known for, guys. That even when everything is going against us, even when we don't have a job, even when we don't have a boyfriend or girlfriend, or we're not married yet and we want to be married, when everything is going against us, when our family situation is terrible, when everything's going against us, that's when we shine brightest. That was the mark of a Christian. And we've sold the gospel short. We've sold it short and made it about gatherings and made it about church. We've sold it short, becoming the love of God to the world around us, but we'll never become it unless we receive it. Here's the best thing. This is so awesome. Here's the best thing. You can't even work for it. Like if you go home tonight, and I know we talked about, and I know there's part of discipline, there's, there's interaction that we have between us, but when you go home, when we go home tonight, and, and we're like, yeah, I'm going to become the love, I'm going to become love, I'm going to become love, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love like that, I'm going to love like that, and we do it out of our own selfish and, and pride, really, that we try to become it, 
we'll just get really burnt out and discouraged because we'll realize that we can't do it on our own. You can't just, you can't do agape love. Like you can't love people like that, I promise you, unless you know the person, the source that agape love comes from. And it's a supernatural encounter. It's a supernatural experience that we have. And if you haven't had it, don't be discouraged. It's coming your way, I promise you. Because I believe with my whole heart that when people come into this room and they're under this ministry, that they will meet the love of God. And if you haven't, don't be discouraged. Press in even more. There's a story in Luke 11. It talks about how to pray. Are you ready for it? It talks about how to pray. It talks about a man who has a neighbor and his neighbor comes in and he knocks on the door and he says, can I have some bread? And the neighbor and the, and the guy who owns the house says no. And the guy goes away and then he comes back and he says, can I have some bread? And then he goes away and then he comes back and he says, can I have some bread? And then finally, after he asked and he asked, he said, here's some bread. And then it's one of the most, it's one, a very familiar verse for us. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. But it's always in the context of pursuing, pursuing, pursuing. It's always in the context of, you know what? I went for it once. You know what? It just didn't work out for me. Do it again. And we can't earn it, but it's when we put ourselves in a position of humility and say, God, I know what you made me for. God, you made me for agape love. God, you made me for agape love, but I don't feel that right now, God. I don't feel it, but I believe it because it's in your word. And we have to get to a point where the word of God trumps our experiences. It, it overrides the experiences that we've had in life. Oftentimes we feel, I don't feel loved. I don't believe that I can be loved. It's because we've, we've experienced situations in life that have told us otherwise. And I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to discount or undermine those experiences. I'm here to say God wants to override the experiences in your life because he said something in the Bible. He says, when you're in Christ, you're a new creation. All things are gone. Behold, all things have become new. And he says, put off your old self and put on the new self that's renewed in the image of Christ. And I think it's, start, it's about time that we start practicing what the word says, which is to put off the old self. And, I'll, and I want to give you an, what is it, I, people, what does it look like, look like to like put off the old self and to put on the new self? What does that look like? I'll tell you what it looks like. And I gave an example earlier. I want to, I want to reiterate it because I think it's so powerful. And this is, you guys, I just learned this like a few weeks ago. And I've been practicing it. And I'm like, whoa, this works. Because you know what? I deal with discouragement. I deal with stuff, man. And then, and, and then how do I put off that anger? How do I put off that frustration? How do I put that stuff off? And then I heard, it, and I heard someone teach about it. And I'm like, man, I'm going to try that. And guess what? It works. Because oftentimes we think the anger, the rage, the malice, the habitual sins that we commit, the lust, the pride, we think all of that is ours. We think, that's just my bent. 
that's just my sin. It sounds good, but guess what? Jesus said, and I, I'm not saying there's a fight. There's a battle that we fight in the Christian life. But I'm saying is Jesus said, all things have passed, old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. So either God's right or our experiences are lying. It's one or the other. And I'll tell you what it looks like. God, God, I, God I feel discouragement, but I thank you that discouragement is no longer a part of my life. I thank you, God, that sometimes I just feel so selfish and I feel like I want to gratify my own desires, God. But I thank you, God, that that is not me. That's not who you created me to be. I am a selfless, loving person made in the image of God. I thank you, God, that every day when I wake up, I am righteous. I thank you, God, that every day when I wake up, you're happy with me. That even when I feel discouraged, even when I feel frustrated and angry, that's not who I am, God. That's not how you see me. So God, help me see what you see in me. Because we were made, Genesis 1, 26, we were made in the image of God. We were made in his image. We read in 1 John 8, God is love. So we're, oh my gosh, it died. Nick, your prayer didn't work. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm just wrapping up right now. God is love. We're made in his image. God is love. And then in Colossians, it says, yeah, you might have that verse up there. Colossians, I think one, I don't know my Bible that well. I'm sorry. 115, that's what I was going to say. He is Jesus. This is talking about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. So you get this. We were made in the image of God. We were made. <laughs> I'm laughing at Nick. Nick was laughing at me earlier when I was explaining this, so he was, he's going to laugh at me. We were made in the image of God. And it says Jesus is the visible image or the image of the invisible God. Okay? Are you, are you guys following? So if we were made in God's image, and Jesus is the image that we were made in. That means when we read this gospel, when we read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we read about Jesus, that is the image, that is the person who God created each one of us to be. In 1 John it says, so was, as Jesus was, so are we in this world. <gasps> Getting a lot of blank faces like, whoa! Like, so when we read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when we read that, our mindset needs to be this. This is what I'm made for. This is what I'm supposed to look like. God, I don't look anything like this. God, help me. God, I have a sincerity, and this is what happens. I believe a lot of us, a lot of us, a lot of us are sincere. We actually, we actually want to become more like God, but we have shame, and we have like, we don't think we can actually do it. We don't believe in ourselves. But I believe we actually have a sincerity that we actually want to become like that, but we just don't believe it's possible for us. And what's going to happen is when we use our sincerity and we partner it with faith, grace is going to come and empower you to become it. 
I'll say it again. So when we have sincerity, meaning I believe we have a lot of sincere people here, a lot of people who you wouldn't be here if you didn't want more of God, I believe. Maybe you came here with a friend, I don't know. But after I'm preaching, it was a good word. I believe you want more of God tonight. <laughs> I just laughed at myself, I'm sorry. <laughs> so when we have the sincerity, which I believe we all have, most of us, meaning we want to do good, we want to live righteous lives, we want to be a better person. We partner it with faith, meaning we believe what the Bible says and we believe what Jesus did is enough. We partner those two things, and that looks like the prayer, God. We look at the Gospels and say, God, I can't do this. I look nothing like this, God, but I believe that you have called me to look like this, God. And even though I don't feel like I can, God, you've said that all things are possible. So I'm going to believe that I can become this, God. Help me become the things that I read in this Bible. And what happens is, there's a verse, Ephesians, it says we were saved by grace through faith. We have sincerity and we have faith in the word. And then this is what happens. Grace comes in and grace is going to empower you to become the thing that you're reading about. When you're reading about Jesus's life, you have sincerity and you believe what the gospels say, even though you don't believe in yourself. If you believe in the word of God, God believes in you enough to where he'll give you the grace. Holy Spirit will come in. And before you know it, you'll look nothing like you used to look. You'll live nothing like you used to live. That anger, that rage, that malice, that lust, they'll be gone, I promise you. If we get in the secret place with God, when no one's looking, and we don't post it on Facebook or Instagram or anything, we just say, God, I'm meeting you today, and I'm going to partner my sincereness of my faith with yours. And God, and I'm asking for your grace to become what I'm reading. And watch out, Grand Rapids, because this place is going to be rocking when we do this. This place is going to be rocking with people who are filled with the love of God, the agape love, not the eros love, the agape love of God. As we get in our rooms, guys, we have to. There's no, there's no second option. We have to get alone and we have to pursue it. We pursue everything else. We have to pursue the living God. He says, seek me and find me. Ask and, you'll, ask, and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. But that's in the context of going after it, persevering, persisting through, even when we don't feel it. Here's what we're going to end with. Do we, have, do we still have the worship team here? At least have some keys and stuff. This is, I, this is totally random, but this is how we're going to end. Can you guys come up? Um, you can have keys, and I would like Joe Brunson up here too. Um, it's because Joe Brunson's awesome. And you guys, I, this is what I want you guys to do. I want you guys just to worship. Okay, just do it on your own. There's no pressure, just worship God. You can just play. If you're going to sing, sing real soft, okay? Um, this, is what I want, this is what I want to do. We're going to close here. We're going to give you guys some time to connect with your tables and just debrief what we talked about and pray for each other. But they're going to be playing after service. You guys are going to be dismissed. But if you're someone who've said, who said, I've never experienced, I've never met the person of God, and I want to meet him. We're going to just have people up here. They're not going to be special. Like They're special, don't get me wrong. But they're not like, 
special in the sense that they're above anyone else. We're just going to ask people who have experienced that same thing. Because here's the reality. When we receive the love of God, my notes were so whacked out. I was, I was speaking about it. It's okay. But anyway, when we receive the love of God, we'll start to become it. So we're going to have some people who are going to be lined up up here. The worship's going to be playing. If you're like, you know what? I'm fine. I don't want that. You guys are free to go and, and do whatever you want or connect at your tables um, and pray for each other. Um, so as we close, or if you're someone who said, you know what? I've been living for myself and I, I'm not sure if I'm right with, I'm not sure if I'm on that path. I'm not sure if that's me. I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm really living for God. Today's the day to make sure you get it right. Today's the day to make the decision to follow Jesus. Deny yourself and follow him. I promise you it's worth it. So as we close, this is what we're going to do. Um, I'm just going to ask some people to come up here. Johnny, man, you want to come up here? Um, Bobby, Leah, um, Abigail, why don't you come up here? Yeah, my wifey. Uh, Deontay, why don't you come up here? Sydney, why don't you come up here? Um, and these are, like I said, these are just people that I know and that we have a relationship with and that we just know have a heart to see people. Michelle, why don't you come up here? That's good for now. Um, they're just going to be playing. Just remember the instructions. This isn't like a release. We want you guys to pray for each other. Um, but I know sometimes it's hard in like a group of eight that you don't know that like to say, I need the love of God. Like it's kind of embarrassing. Um, not embarrassing, but it's just hard to do. So if that's that person you want that, just come up here. We have people who just want to connect with you. Okay, but if not, you guys are, are free to, to discuss. I want you guys to discuss and go through those passages if you have some notes and just talk about tonight. How did it affect you? Did it hit you? What was the thing that stuck out to you the most? And then your table leader will pray with you and it'll take prayer requests and we're just gonna end the night that way. Is that cool? I'm just gonna pray as we close. God, I thank you for your love that's unending, never ending, God. It's so relentless. It's chasing us down, God. And I pray that the people who need to experience and encounter your love, God, and meet you face to face, God, will be drawn in. God, we break down any barrier, any confusion, God, any self-centeredness, God, that's in the way, God. And we just pray and ask for a grace to fill this room, God, like never before. A grace to fill this room like never before that people would be touched by the living God in the deepest parts of their being, God, that they would be changed forever and that we would become love, God, the very thing that you designed us to do. And I thank you, Jesus, that it's not about us. It's not about having a good show. It's not about having results, God. It's all about people. It's all about loving people and loving your people, God. It's all about, it's all about people knowing you. It's all about that. We won't stop until we see people encountered, led into an encounter with the living God. So we just love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.